0: This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions. First of all, we have to show women doing these jobs, because if girls don't see women, you know, as drafting or in construction or trucking, then they don't picture themselves in the role. So, I mean, we try really hard to reach the next generation so that they can they can imagine themselves in that role. So we need to get the women who are in those jobs out there talking about them and highlight them. So, I mean, we do a lot of things like we have a member of the month because we want to feature women who are doing different things. So created the Girl Scout Transportation Patch and we had a a truck driver doll. We have a truck driver doll. So we need to make it personal to other women, both girls and their 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 moms and aunts and grandmas that they can do these jobs and that they can get paid well and that they would be valued.
1: Hello, welcome to the Women of Asphalt podcast. I'm Audrey Copeland. I'm the president and CEO of the National Asphalt Pavement Association, and I'm proud to be a founding member of the Women of Asphalt and currently serving as a secretary. I'm happy to be joined today by Ellen Voy. She's the president and CEO of the Women in Trucking Association. Their mission is very similar to the Women of Asphalt. They were formed to promote the employment of women in the trucking industry and celebrate the successes of their members, of course. Ellen and I recently met at a Women Executives in Building event in Washington, D.C. It was hosted by the National Institute of Building Sciences at the National Restaurant Association. And I was really happy that Ellen was the first person I met there. Nice to see a friendly face and be able to chat over a cocktail. I just thought that this was a perfect opportunity to host her for a podcast and really learn about what she's done in the trucking industry. I wanted to point out that one of the things she mentioned to me at this event was the fact that she flew to DC for this event from Wisconsin among, I think, one or two other business trips. You know, She fit this event in. So really quickly, Ellen, I thought it would be interesting to hear from you as to why was it so important to you to attend this woman's event? The
0: letter that I received, the invitation said, you have been hand-selected. To attend this event. And I thought it was a little odd that trucking was mixed in with building. So I was surprised. I was very honored to be chosen for that. And so I felt it was important to have a voice and to also network with other women who have some of the same goals as we do.
1: Yeah, that's great. I kind of felt the same way. You know, when I received the invitation, I was, I was honored as well. And I, I think it was well worth my time. And really what that event focused on was just other women in the association space that's representing, you know, building, trucking industries, transportation. And so it was great to see so many women were represented in that space. I just thought I'd quickly recap some of the professional information I learned about you as I was doing research and you started out as a drafter at a steel fabricating plant, where you moved up to traffic manager, started your own trucking company. Um, you served as the executive director of Trucker Buddy International, which is a pen pal program between professional drivers and elementary school students, which I think is just a fantastic idea for raising the profile of your industry. Um, you uh, managed retention and recruiting at Schneider. And then you've also been honored just with so many awards, such as the White House Transportation Innovations Champion of Change. And for those of you listening, I really encourage you to check out Ellen's bio on the womenintrucking.org website. What you've done for your industry is so impressive. So I think we're going to learn a lot from you today. No, and
0: I, you're right. I started out in drafting and something I've always been interested in. The things that the boys did instead of the things that the girls did. And I I think when I took shop class in high school, it opened a lot of doors for me, not only to learn drafting, but woodworking and welding and automotive and things like that. So
1: I'm really glad that I had that background and that I was
0: encouraged to pursue those.
1: So I'm aware that your mom really is the one that encouraged you to take shop class in high school, which I think is fantastic. You know, she didn't distinguish between girl or or boy careers or anything like that. And so now we're starting to see this resurgence in the vocational and trades education. So how do you think we can encourage more female students to see it as a viable, rewarding opportunity for them? Well, first of all, we have to show women doing these jobs because if girls
0: don't see women you know as drafting or in construction or trucking then they don't picture themselves in the role so i mean we try really hard to reach the next generation so that they can they can imagine themselves in that role so we need to get the women who are in those jobs out there talking about them and highlight them So, I mean, we do a lot of things like we have a member of the month because we want to feature women who are doing different things. We also created the Girl Scout Transportation Patch, and we had a a truck driver doll. We have a truck driver doll. So uh, we need to make it personal to other women, both girls and their, their, their moms and aunts and grandmas, that they can do these jobs and that they can get paid well and that they would be valued.
1: Yeah, I I think that's great. And we have a young lady in our industry now who before had not really considered our industry even though her family owns an asphalt company, but we were able to meet at an event and she saw me speak and she was able to see other women participating in the industry and now, you know, she's holding a marketing job at one of our equipment manufacturers. So it was just I never realized the impact that a woman being able to see herself in a role in an industry, how important that was. So that's great what you're doing. But now let's talk about women that are already out in the workforce in those more traditional roles. What have you found have been the best methods for educating them on the opportunities in your industry such that it's stable, it's high paying, it can be family friendly in terms of the transportation industry as a way to attract them? Well, we have an image team, and we have an image team both in the United States and Canada, and they're
0: women who work in our industry, mostly CDL drivers, but we do have recruiter and a safety professional, and we tell their stories. But more important than that, we get questions from the media all the time. Because there is a shortage of professional drivers, qualified professional drivers, and they realize that women make up such a small percentage, we get a lot of media attention. So we have the image team out there, They not only talk to the media and do interviews, they also do ride alongs. So we'll do ride alongs with uh, elected officials, legislators, regulators, and have them tell their story. Because if we don't tell their story, other people won't know that what they went through to get there. So those are two of the big things. The other way is we have a conference, an annual conference, and this is only, we've only had our fifth year, over 1,100 people. That's double where it was two years ago. So I think it's because women are seeing other women, again, talking to them and networking and learning about the jobs and learning that they can do them. So
1: those are a couple of things that we're doing wow that that's fantastic, so in our industry we're dealing a lot of times with short haul trucking, regardless of you know the application. There is definitely a shortage of those drivers, and so what we're seeing among our members is just having challenges in terms of the material being delivered and also just having those drivers on hand, so really you know the supply of people to get the job done. So are there opportunities you see where we could work together to engage more ladies in trucking in terms of all applications such as short haul and what we do in our industry? Most definitely. You know, the one thing that we need to get out there is what are the skills needed to do the job
0: so that people can actually look at it and say, well, I can do that. I can do that. And then what is the day in the life of, you know, a short haul driver like? And so, if we explain it, more people will look at it, women and men will look at it and go, oh, I could do that. So I think that's the biggest area. And as far as partnering, we should take one of your drivers and have them as a member of the month because we get them on the radio show. We do a press release that goes out to a lot of magazines. And that way your driver can tell her story. Other potential drivers can look at her and say, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. And there's one other thing that I should mention. We need to reach beyond our industries. We try to get our image team members on other shows. So we've had a driver on the Ricky Lake show. We had a driver featured in Oprah Magazine. We had a driver on the Megan Kelly show before it was taken off the air. We had a driver give Diane Sawyer a ride in a truck. So once we get our drivers out there in the media, then other people will look at them and
1: go, oh, I didn't know that this was available to me. And it opens up opportunities that way as well. Those are fantastic ideas and stuff that we need to work on in our industry just all around because we've been doing some market research just about the workforce in our industry as a whole, and a lot of the public just perceives us as that flagger on the road that's directing traffic. And so I think there's definitely something to be said in terms of what you're doing to raise the profile of those jobs. I actually spoke to one of the female truck drivers in our industry. I was on a job site one time, and so I decided to approach her and ask her how her day was going and find out about how she enjoyed her job and her background and come to find out she had actually worked up to being a truck driver and she had been a truck driver for the same company for 15 years, which I thought was so impressive. But she also mentioned, hey, you're the first person who has ever come over and talked to me about my job and what I do. So we also, of course, need to take an interest in those people that we have in our industry now as well. I thought it was interesting too that 15% of the members of Women in Trucking are actually male. We're also proud to have male members and supporters among the women of Asphalt. So why do you think it's important to go beyond just engaging women and engage the men as well? I love it that you have men who are members as well because if we all sit and talk to each
0: other as women, we're not gonna make any progress. Men have to be part of the conversation. Also men are some of our biggest supporters and when we're in a male dominated environment if you exclude men then we're just talking to each other so i'm really excited that there's so many men out there who support our mission as well as your mission and that they come and they learn about what are the challenges women face in this industry because you know what if they're in a power position or they have authority they can actually make changes based on what they're hearing so you have to have men at the table you have to have men in the conversation and the ones who understand that diversity and actually increases net profit. I mean if that doesn't right. <laughs> you know convince someone to add women to their boards and their management then nothing will but it actually has been shown that a more diverse management team will actually increase profits
1: right definitely so speaking of your members the women in trucking have been around for over 10 years since 2007 so in that time what changes have you seen in terms of what your members are wanting and needing from your organization the biggest change that I've seen is 13 years ago when I started Women in Trucking,
0: uh, executives, recruiters would say to me, oh, Ellen, we don't care what gender they are. We just hire the best person. We don't care their age, their ethnicity, their gender. We just want the best person. And then I'd point out things like, okay, but you only have men's uniforms. You don't have restrooms for women. You, the trucks aren't designed to accommodate women's smaller statured bodies you know, I'd start pointing out things. And then the data started coming in so that women are actually safer drivers. The American Transportation Research Institute found that men were 20% more likely to be in a crash in every situation, whether it's at night, at intersection around curves, whatever. And so now I can stand up and say, there's data showing that women are actually safer. And I have anecdotal evidence that women are better with equipment, better with customers, better with paperwork. So now carriers are saying, Help us get more women. We see the value that women bring to the industry. And they're listening and they're accommodating their female drivers and women in management as well. They're seeing the value. So that's the biggest change I've seen in 13 years that they're actually bringing their women in and talking to them and asking them, how can we be a better company? Where 15 years ago, they pretended that they were gender neutral
1: right yeah no that's a very good point those are the type of stories we definitely need to recognize find those and and promote those stories so I think you're you're definitely right it's just sometimes pointing out what are women's need to you know serve in this industry but then also what is the value they bring as well you've actually had the opportunity to speak with women from all over the world I know you've spoken many different countries so are there initiatives that you've seen that have worked in other countries but may not have been implemented in the United States yet or unique circumstances that exist in the US that might help or hinder women in transportation? You know, I'm glad you
0: asked that question because
1: we have such strict laws
0: about equal opportunity. One of our members is in Africa and she started a fuel delivery company because the fuel company had a lot of problems. The drivers would sell the fuel and put water in the tank and you know, it was just horrible. So she started her own trucking company and only hires women and the theft has, you know, disappeared because the women are doing their job and safety has increased. We couldn't do that here in the United States. You couldn't have a company of just women because of our equal laws. So I think if we could do that, and I've had truck driving schools contact me and say, you know, could we have a class just for women? So I think, I wish that we could. (laughs) I think it would actually (laughs) help because sometimes in a learning environment as well, if it's all women, it takes away some of the trying to prove yourself, it makes it a little maybe a mentoring team effort. The other thing that I've seen in other countries is they seem to have a lot more government funding for training and to get more women. Like In Canada, they've given a lot of money to a group called Women in the Drive just to help get more women in the trucking industry. And in Australia, the government is paying you know for groups to help get more women in the trucking industry. We don't see that here in the United States. And so, again, I think it's because we have to be so gender neutral here in the United States that you can't say, hey, we're going to have funding just for women, or we're going to have truck driving schools just for women, or we're going to have classes just for women. I think that hinders us in the United States that we don't have that flexibility.
1: Yeah, and I just, I'll point out, I was looking through your website, um, that your, your staff is about, it looks like it's about 75% women, so that's good, uh, carrying that torch. As you started the Women in Trucking and grew your association, do you have any lessons learned or pointers for the women of asphalt? You know, the one thing that
0: I remind people who are in a nonprofit association is make every decision with a mission in mind. If your mission is to get more women in the asphalt industry, make sure that every project that you do, every communication that you send out is focusing on that mission. And once you push that mission and people see that you are mission driven, the dollars will follow. You know, they'll become members because they'll say, I really like this mission and I want to support it. So Just stay with the mission.
1: Great advice. All right, Ellen. Well, I really appreciate your time today. This has definitely been very informative. I look forward to continuing our relationship and uh, staying in touch. And thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: We ride these roads from coast to coast with highway signs as our guideposts.
1: This podcast presentation was brought to you by Blackledge Emulsions.